0: Welcome to a special episode of PTBNL, a podcast to be named later. Tonight, it's George and I. Unfortunately, Jack is off with COVID, but we've got a very special guest. He's made over 250 appearances in the Premier League, over 60 clean sheets and one goal, playing for teams such as Portsmouth, Stoke, Chelsea, Bournemouth and currently Everton. We're delighted to be joined by Asmir Begovic. Asmir, how are you this evening?
1: I'm really good. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Pleasure to be on with you. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on um this is a very special day for baseball fans around the world of course opening day for the major league baseball season um i guess where we'd like to start off with this is how did you get it how did you get into baseball because you're quite a big fan right
1: yeah opening day opening day i can't um can't wait for the season obviously happy the lockout and everything ended and mm. you know all that kind of stuff was put to bed and uh we, we have a proper regular season so to go back a little bit, you know, um, I'm just an overall sports geek, sports nut. Um, so growing up in Canada, I, I just kind of in the summers just got into baseball. Um, you know, picked it up, loved, loved everything about it. And, you know, it's one of the sports I follow very closely even to this day now. But you're,
0: you're a Yankees fan though, right?
1: Yeah, I'm a Yankees fan, which, which sounds a bit bizarre, right? You, you would have thought, you know, I was a Blue Jay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or even at the time, obviously the Montreal Expo.
0: Yeah, Expos, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean that's just one of those things. I at the time I, I got into it. Um just ended up liking, you know, the Yankees are like Derek Cheater. And then kind of my, my one favorite player that I really kind of looked looked at and really liked his game. And um, you know, tried to play a little bit of, like him when I was playing a little bit of you know youth. Youth baseball in Canada during the summers was a rod, so oh wow. Obviously, him going to Yankees playing third base, um, big power hitting guy he was, was something up my street. So I love playing third base, and that was it. That, that was one of the reasons. So a couple of my favorite players, really, you know, I was playing for the Yankees, and that's the team I attached myself to.
2: Did you get a chance to go to many games at Yankee Stadium as, as a youngster?
1: Yeah, I've actually been to a few. I mean, New York's a favorite. You know, one of
2: my favorite cities. Great place to mm. visit whenever I'm
1: there especially trying the off-season to go there and uh, and catch a Yankee game. So um, definitely been to, been to a few now. I've been to a few baseball games all around. but um, And then, of course, when the Yankees came here, played Red Sox at, at the London Stadium. So I've seen them a few times. So I've been very lucky. Absolutely.
0: And I think George was asking that you said you played a bit of baseball when you were younger. What was it like growing up? So say played baseball. Obviously, you were playing football as well. Uh, were you playing any other sports? How was it you were able to find the time to just...
1: Just yeah, honestly, besides school, all I did was play sports. I mean, I'm, my parents didn't even know where I was, which was the day of the night. <beta Yeah>. <laughs> so honestly, it was depending on the winter, uh, depending on the season, whether it was summer, or winter, you know, I played everything, played obviously my soccer there. I mean, the, the only thing in, in North America, when you think of it, when I think back now, especially in the winter, you just couldn't because you had to play indoors. So your soccer, your football was indoors. So you had... You know, maybe only a couple of sessions and games a week. So, you, you know, you had quite a bit of free time um, to do other stuff. And that's when I got, I got really into basketball and, and volleyball and playing like that. And even in the summers, you know, you, you fill your time, especially in the holidays with doing all this different other stuff. So um, unfortunately, I couldn't play a lot of baseball because my time was preoccupied with other things. But, you know, I, I got out there a few times, played
2: for a couple of little league teams and ended up at, ended up at the hot corner. I was going to say, what position did you play? And uh, yeah, that's that is a tough position to play at third base. Honestly, I I, I don't know how that. I, I mean, when you watch when you watch the pros do it, you wonder how 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 they do it because it's, it's you've got zero reaction time at, at third base and you've got so much pressure to 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 make these key plays in the in the sort of clutch moments. Yeah, well, it it kind of actually
1: um, translated to goalkeeping quite well. I mean, my mm. reaction, my speed to get to get down get down and catch these grounders. And then I had a really good arm. So actually, from a goalkeeping point of view, again, like that's one of the things I love about playing these other sports and these cross sports uh, references and everything was actually the benefit of my goalkeeping because again, I was able to work on my footwork, my reactions, my speed getting up and down, test my arm. So actually, you know, it actually it probably benefited my my goalkeeping as well.
0: At what age did you have to give it all up though? Because I guess at some point you had to yeah, focus on a choice.
1: Yeah, I gave up every other sport at the age of 14. Um, that's when uh, football really started to pick up. And, you know, I got into the national team and the, the, the training center. And, you know, you were there literally most weekdays and then weekends and stuff like that. So at 14, I really had to, uh, you know, give up everything else and um, and focus solely on football.
0: And you have a couple of kids, don't you? Am I right? Two girls, yeah. Are they into baseball at all yet?
1: No, no. Um. They're into other stuff. I'm trying to get into sports, trying to get them, into, into football and
0: yeah, you know,
1: tennis or something. Um, I um, can a bit of softball could, could 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 go down with them. So I'm I'm trying my best, but you know,
0: yeah, nothing. definitely softball. We, yeah, definitely do it. Yeah, we work in partnership with uh, Baseball Softball UK in the UK here, so we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't encourage uh, more young girls in particular to take up the sport. So absolutely, I'm sure you I'm sure you're doing a, a good job with that, and uh, <laughs> fingers crossed.
2: Let me know. I was going to say, Asmed, did you ever get pressure from your family to not support the Yankees being in, well, being from Canada?
1: No, I mean, listen, my if, if you said to my parents what's baseball, I don't think they really know. So, um, <laughs> you know, thankfully I, I didn't. I mean, what what obviously um, was a little bit different with, you know, a lot, everyone in Canada supports the Canadian team usually. Mm. Um, Unless, unless just like a Canadian player, you know, playing somewhere, somewhere in the major leagues, you know, Joey Votto types or um, Sean Casey. It was Sean Casey back in the day and Eric mm-hmm. Kinsey guys. Um, so I think if you if you look at that route, you maybe you'd have attached yourself to another team. But yeah, for me, it was the Yankees, and um, you know, my 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 choice of professional teams that I sport follow was a bit random. But you know, there you go. Yeah, tell, fair, tell, tell, fair tell us
0: about them then. What what are the others?
1: Well, listen, I grew up in Edmonton, so of course you're going to support the Oilers, yes, um, yeah. mm-hmm. Canadian Bloods, um, so there's no, there's no question what what you, who you support local team, and, and I, to be honest, I would have supported my local team, obviously, had we had, had we had other teams, it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, it was trying to be a glory hunter, like that, but um, and then I go into, and then go into basketball. I attach myself to Steve Nash, who's actually a good friend of mine this, to this day, and he was with the Suns. So I'm, um, um, I'm a Suns fan. <laughs> a big Tottenham,
0: big Tottenham fan as well, isn't he, Steve Nash?
1: I'm a fan, so they, you know there was obviously my Chelsea days. There was a little bit of conflict there. <laughs> <laughs> All good fun. Um, then the Patriots, which obviously is no, no It's with New York Yankees, and and um,
2: there you go. So there's my. My sort of four major sports teams quite an eclectic mix of, of teams i like that um yeah
1: i'm a loyal guy so i've been a fan for these teams for like a good 20 years so
2: that's what it's all about
1: in my, in our, so it's not that like i'm a Suns fan now i'm not you know not our 10-year mm-hmm. playoff fan.
0: <laughs> you, you yes. were there in the tougher days
2: yeah
0: um as me i was gonna say in terms
2: of just focusing on the Yankees. What do you think about their prospects for 2022 and uh, and who are your favorite players?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think we have a good team. Listen, I think the Yankees go into every year, you know, as one of a, the favorites. You know, I think we're going a little bit under the radar. I, don't, I think yeah. when you look at the Blue Jays, what the Blue Jays have done this offseason, mm-hmm. they're going to be obviously a team to be reckoned with. You obviously always have the Rays and the Red Sox. So we're going a little bit under the radar. Um, so with that that's okay. I think that's that's not a problem. Um, I think when I look at our lineup, I I, I quite like it. I mean, I, I I like the addition of of Donaldson, you know, because he does bring a bit of an edge to the team, which I experience, think experience, yeah, experience too, of course. Um, but I think just you know he's a competitor, right? So I think that you know if you get these guys in your in your clubhouse, then I think that that, that makes a big difference. So I, I like our additions, but I think there's still a bit of work to be done. I mean, you know, I, st- I think our starting rotation, you know, whether Severino can stay healthy is, you know, tie on whether he can stay healthy. So there, there's a couple of question marks there. I would have liked mm. to have another arm, um, you know, if, if we could. I know we looked at those guys from the A's, but obviously one's gone to the Padres now. Um, yeah. So we'll see we'll see what happens there but in terms of favorite players you know of course Aaron Judge and you know I'm a big John, Giancarlo Stanton I mean everyone everyone digs the long ball so I think um, you,
0: I think I speak for most of the baseball community say we all love Giancarlo Stanton he's, he's a huge player yeah. we we all just wanted to have a healthy year I think
1: and a cool thing was obviously I've got his jersey and when I was at Bournemouth a, a couple of years back I, was, I wore number 27 so uh, that was pretty cool. And that lined up
2: nicely with Giancarlo. So I quite like him.
0: And Mike Trout, of course. You're picking, picking the best numbers. But oh, yeah. too,
2: babe. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I've actually got Stanton down to hit the most homers in the AL this year. So I think uh, if he stays healthy, there's going to be a lot of bombs. Um, I, I, I agree with what you said in terms of the Yankees being somewhat under the radar. I think it's, it's a good point. Uh, it, everyone's focusing on these other teams and maybe that's what they need to to actually make that run because I think sometimes with the Yankees, the, the, they seem to feel the pressure a bit in the last few years in the sense that they're always expected to win. They're always expected to go deep in the playoffs. And perhaps that weight of expectation is has been too much for them at times. So it could, it could help them. You never know. It could help them.
1: And George, I mean, uh, it's still, you know, people maybe always kind of look at the glamour of the Yankees and, you know, what they've done the last couple of, you know, getting Garrett Cole and making a splash, But actually... Their, their team is still pretty stacked. I mean, definitely. Um,
0: yeah.
1: So looking at it um, and we'll see what opening day. I know the, the game was the um, reschedule with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow, but you know, there's a good chance. Gleyber Torres starts on the bench. Mm-hmm. So if you play like Gleyber Torres on the bench, you know, that's, that's telling you something, how deep your roster can be. And then, you know, because marathon as yes, you guys well know it's 162 games and it's a marathon. Health yeah. is thing. Now, you know, if you can, you know, obviously we've got Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo potentially for a full season now, which gives us nice balance to the lineup and, and two big lefties, which, again, we've something we've, we've sort of lacked over the last last little while. And then if you get Aaron Hicks, you know, is a great switch hitter as well. I think he's going to give that that lineup a lot of balance. So, again, and it's not, not an excuse or anything. It's stating the obvious. But if that team can stay healthy in that lineup, you know, look out, because now you've got a good balance between righty, lefty and. You know, it's it's a very deep lineup.
2: Even I like it. That, I'm hearing that fire.
1: That's just good. It, I like that.
0: But even with that deep lineup, are you surprised they didn't go out as expected and get one of the big bats, the shortstops? Yeah, Correa was linked a lot. Trevor Story. I think everyone going into the offseason expected the Yankees to go out and buy another bat. And they just yeah. didn't do it. And I know some Yankees fans are a bit frustrated at that. And others are just happy that they've got, as you said, this balanced lineup now and they haven't gone and given another huge contract.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, right. It works both ways because I was looking at it at beginning of the year, year and I think if, if there's anyone, it was all like all eyes on Carlos Correa and you oh, you know, let's get him as a perfect shortstop. He would be, you know, an incredible infield, um, you know, and obviously Gio Urshela was was there and then he, he gets traded. So, you know, I was surprised in the end because when Carlos Correa signs a three-year deal with the Twins, I'm thinking, well,
0: mm.
1: that would have been perfect for us um, because normally everyone's afraid of that sort of six, seven, eight-year contract and everything else. And, you know, the back yeah. end goes, right? So that's always the difficult side of things. And if, if that was the length, of that always makes you
2: slightly uncomfortable. Mm. When I saw Correa sign that three-year deal, I was thinking, hmm. Asmar, I've got to say, as, as an Astros fan myself, I fully expected Correa to end up with the Yankees and, and I also would say with that deal that he's got with the, the twins, he's got opt outs in that after the first year and the second year. I still wouldn't be surprised to see him end up as a you know in pinstripes before long. And I hate you know it pains me to say that as an Astros fan, but I could still see it happening. I think I, I wouldn't write that off as uh, as being dead in the water.
1: Right. So when you look at it that way, I mean if you look at Kinner Falefa coming in against mm-hmm. the- mm our defense, which, which is something that needed to be addressed. And even Rizzo and I think Donaldson to a part, obviously will will help mm. with that. Again, I think we've, we've made upgrades. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, but you know, whether Kina Falefa will be that long-term solution. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows, right? There is those question marks. So I, I could definitely see it, but again, if he, if he's there for his defense and, you know, good base running, a little bit of speed, mm. you know, adding ninth in the lineup, you know, I don't mind that either. Right. Because, just gives the Yankees a little bit of a different edge because you have all these big guys and Luke White, you know, call them donkeys. And I think, you know, he gives us a little bit of a different type of player, which again, I don't I don't mind to balance it all off either.
0: Yeah. And, and as you said earlier, I mean, this is definitely one of the most underrated Yankees teams in a while in terms, yeah. I think, of national picture. And I'm guilty of it as well. We did a prediction show the other day and I had the Yankees third or fourth in the division. However the one place they will never be underrated is with the New York media. And obviously everyone says that it is a completely different place to play than anywhere else with the media in New York. What sort of impact do you think that has on the team generally and their performances? Because they are, they can be quite brutal, can't they? When things aren't going well.
1: Yeah. I think all the Northeastern media is, is difficult, right? New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Um, New York, obviously I think leads the way in that, but, it's difficult and i think you need a certain type of character um to deal with that kind of stuff um and you either sink or swim and i think most of these guys you know they come in with big personalities so you know it doesn't doesn't usually affect them too much and um if it's going well you have to also look at that fact if it is going well i don't think there's many better places to play than new york
0: mm. yeah absolutely i mean you see any guy that's traded to new york traders the yankees is pretty happy about it you I think, despite the the rules around facial hair, I think on the whole, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, apart apart from that, I think you see what the reaction when you see any minor league or any guy that's been in the league for a while when they're traded to the Yankees. I think there's a certain level of excitement you probably don't get with any other franchise. Um, It is an an aura, isn't it? It's an aura, exactly, Uh, and it's iconic. And I wouldn't really know what it's like to support a franchise like that. as an Angels fan, George is similar as an Astros fan. Do you get that sense of aura, you know, as as yourself, as a fan, you've been to Yankee Stadium. Does it feel as impressive to you when you're there? And do you just feel part of something that is so huge as, as a franchise, not just in the US, but the world?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Listen, that's always the thing, right? Even in the, when you're looking at the American sports and then their sort of structure there in salary cap, listen, there's always iconic franchises in all sports you know we 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 can look at football and you know the, the Chelsea's the AC Milan's uh you know Bayern Munich's the Man City's Man United's Tottenham Hotspur correct yeah
2: let's not let's not just, so as just just to clarify Nick is a Tottenham fan and I'm a Chelsea fan so um so yeah that's that's there's definitely going to be a few little
1: <laughs> references well, there,
2: like that but yeah firing line here so that's fine um
0: You nearly nearly signed for us many, many years ago as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, a couple of times. Sorry sorry about that, you know. Yeah. But it didn't work out. So I think um, there's those iconic franchises. You look at American sports, the Yankees, Mm. the Lakers, you know, no matter what's going on, that's where you want to be in those those pinstripes. And when you go there, it is a special feel. You know, they they live and breathe their sport, the New York people. in the Yankee Stadium, even the New Yankee Stadium is filled with, you know, the legends and all this kind of stuff and retired numbers and just that little bit of classiness. And I think it makes it for you know for a really cool experience when you're part of a you know a franchise like
2: that. You have a favorite ball game as a Yankees fan from from history. I'm presuming it'll be from one of the many World Series that they've been in, but it could be something else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I sort of remember the Subway Series um, World Series. T- yeah, yeah a little bit in 2000 but obviously I'm it's a little bit younger then so I guess the 2009 championship um mm-hmm. you know and A-Rod being sort of the guy I, I love to watch and him coming up in those clutch moments I think that that, that sort of playoff front for me was was pretty special because I probably remember the most of that um in those years and um so I, I think that whole sort of
0: 2009 postseason run was pretty cool. In terms of summer so obviously during the football season I imagine it's it's much tougher to follow the Yankees because I assume sleep is a bit more important and preparation for games uh, etc but during the off season, so when when football season finishes do you get a chance to watch more Yankees games do you, do you pay closer attention to it and I assume you tried to get over to North America during the during the summer months as well
1: yeah for sure I mean that's actually one of the things I like about baseball is the, is the day games so you got them here and you know, six, seven o'clock and you can watch it yeah. all get Bed, So, you know, it's like really like baseball. I mean, now, you know, the NBA's put a couple on the weekends. The NHL really needs to get their act together to get a few more games, especially the Oilers being the West Coast. But, you know, I think baseball has a bit more of the day games. So that obviously gives us a little bit more time to watch these games in the UK. So, you know, actually you end up following quite a bit of the Yankees and trying to catch their games. Follow them as much as I possibly can. Of course, you know I unfortunately never stay up and watch them overnight. But you know the good thing about baseball is those day games, so you actually can can follow them a little bit more regularly than some of the other sports.
0: Yeah, I'm very jealous of you supporting an East Coast team. As Mm -hmm. a fan on the West Coast, I mean the day games are limited. We our our games during the week start around 3 a.m. I live for Sunday. We got 9 p.m. starts on Sunday, and that's about as good as it gets usually.
1: You take those for sure.
0: So you mentioned, obviously, earlier, you went to the London series. And so I thought was, we should move on to that. Mm-hmm. We know that MLB is coming back to London in 20... Oh, next year, yeah. Yeah, next year. Um, and has probably signed a three-year deal, we think. Although MLB haven't officially confirmed it, but all the sources suggest it. What do you think about the growth of baseball in the UK? So I don't know if we told you what we do between George, Jack and I, running the account MOB UK community and the podcast, we do a hashtag called MOB Meetups UK. So we arrange meetups in London once a month generally, but we also encourage them to be set up all across the country and we help with the promo and, and everything on that.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um,
0: how do you think bringing games over you, A, your experience of 2019 and what incredible moment it was to have baseball in this country, and B, with the game coming back, how you think the game could grow here? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I follow a little bit of what you guys do. Once you asked me in the podcast, so I was looking at some of the stuff you do, and I think it's I think it's awesomeness and the Appreciate more the there is and everything you guys do, it's obviously it's a great way to influence it. And, and again, um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, to get get the kids involved, and it's a great game. I think um, for everyone to play, and it's very inclusive and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, in terms of the game, listen, I loved I loved the experience. I mean, it was different to have it in a soccer stadium and everything that came with it. You know, for yeah. us traditionalists, it was, a, it was a little bit weird. Um, and, of course, it being like a softball game for them, <laughs> <I just> smashing <laughs> them everywhere was, was actually, you know, as people say, all home runs, it was actually slightly weird to see it like that, to almost be, you know, an NFL-type score game. Um, so... But it was great, I mean, to have the Yankees and Red Sox here I and mean, to be able to get those two franchises was mm. an incredible deal because, you know, you look at some of the other sports, you never quite get the matchups that you want over here. So that it, it helps. Listen, the more games can, that can come over here, the better. There's, there, it's it's just, you know, it's not rocket science when you look at it. I think when you get these games, you get thousands of people, you know, getting to come to these games, experience the MLB and everything that it, that it does, uh, then it's just
2: going to help the growth of the game over here, no doubt about it. Couldn't agree more. Um, quick question: In terms of um, amongst footballers, are there any other footballers that you know who are sort of big MLB fans in the Premier League? Not, not that I
1: know. No, I mean. Oh, wow! Get them. Um, yeah, you get them sort of into the NBA and NFL a bit more. But I think that that goes back to kind of getting the games over here and people seeing a bit more and just getting into it and learning about it. Um, so I it's 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 a different kind of game and I, I think baseball as well with the rules and it's a little yeah. bit more complicated. So it's it's more difficult for just anyone new neutral to pick do it you, up. Do
0: you, know it of, what, do you know of any of your colleagues that went to the London series in 2019?
1: I'm trying to remember. Um I'm sure they did. I'm sure that I can't I can't think back now. Obviously it was a little while ago. I can't think back, but definitely I'm sure, I'm sure they did. I mean <clears throat> They get roped in with a couple of free tickets, so they'll yeah. be there. For-
2: One of the reasons I asked about whether there are any footballers that are into MLBs, because the other way around, there are quite a lot of MLB players that are into the Premier League, and I quite often see players tweeting about Premier League games. So it'd be quite interesting to see if there's a, a way, like I said, with the the continued uh, continued international series of having games over here, to see whether that, there's any sort of reflection of interest the other way around. Would be would be really cool to see, because I think. At the end of the day, I, the way I always look at it is that, that, yes, it's a crowded marketplace. There's, there's only so much room, but at the same time, I don't believe there's any reason why all these sports can't coexist in terms of interest, obviously in terms of playing it, you can't play be a professional in four or five different sports. It's totally impossible, but in terms of being interested in it and, and, and kind of being part of that, that realm, I think it's, um it's really cool to see that interest. I mean, there was, you, you sometimes see tweets from players in, in baseball tweeting about football and it's, it's, it's it, it it always sort of is a, a bit of a sort of a, a shock to, to, to see it. Kind of freezes me to, to to see that and see that that crossover interest. But it's it's really cool. I think that's something which I'd love to see more of. I don't know if that's um if that's realistic, but hopefully another London series will, will do that.
1: Well, it's certainly going to help. I mean, mm. the NFL they've been over here for about 15, 15 years now. You know, it takes time. Yeah, yeah. So it takes time. I think when you when you only had one game at the infancy stage, you know, so um, it really does take time and and like I said, it's more about getting people to, to experience it first and foremost, you know, I, I don't think you have to dive into all the technicalities of the game, I think just experience it, have a good day and then maybe they go to America and they start all watching a bit more and and actually just enjoy it for the experience and even though they don't understand the game quite as much, so um I think it just takes time. It takes time. I think when you look at football, it's difficult to c- compare football to any game because football is, you know, the number one global sport. So these guys and play it and they, like, like love their FIFA and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they that's how they get involved. I mean, I was in, um, in Minneapolis a few years ago with Chelsea and I was talking to Max Kepler and those sort of guys and they're pretty cool. But we can have a good conversation was the other guys, you know, just, you know, like a deer, deer in headlights, you know, they don't all- know. It's going to grow
2: and it just takes time. Yeah, very much so.
0: You mentioned earlier, actually, at the very start, about the lockout ending, and we're all delighted about that. But I think we just wanted to get your perspective in terms of, A, what you thought of the lockout, and, B, from a football perspective or a soccer perspective, it's just something that is not obviously heard of in this country. The CBA is something unique to American sports, as far as I'm aware. I, I just wanted to get your perspective on that, and, A, the lockout there, and, B, how it would compare can you imagine it in the premier league because i can't
1: yeah me neither no well obviously it can't happen in the premier league because there's no collective bargaining agreement mm. um you know the, the players union over here is strong but there's no no influence at all in the premier league really um it gets their cut and then you know they they, they do their good things for the players from there so it's it's far off i mean i generally i Generally, like the American system, you know, I I really I really do. I know it causes these issues sometimes, um but I think when you look at the benefits of the players and you look at the revenue streams and and everything else, the salaries and and minimum salaries and the players' rights, the minor league system, so it's huge. I mean, I understand the market, right? America, the market's huge market. You know, that this football, is a Premier League. You know, you're sharing the attention with a lot of other leagues, and then obviously kind of escalates into the champions league. So I think the systems and the culture is so, so different Yeah, that uh, you can't really change it all. I mean, I love the salary cap because, you know, that obviously financially regulates clubs and, and franchises, but yeah. You know, and I think protects everyone. And, you know, there's, there's different ways you can really, you know, uh, protect those players because, you know, we have issues here in the game in, in Europe that, you know, Americans don't have. And you see clubs folding and you see, mm. uh, Players going, staff going without salaries, late payments, and all kind of stuff. Whereas in America, that just doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very different world with MLB. Uh, obviously, very high-profile issues with in terms of how minor leaguers get get paid as, as well. And there's a sort of a, a very big divide between the top of the game and and the bottom of the game. I guess it's the same with football. You you, you get the same type of thing between the Premier League and, and the, the lower leagues. So it's a, uh, yeah. It's,
1: yeah, the whole relegation here, you know. I think I love the competitive balance. You know, I think all three of us here are sitting here with our teams, thinking, "Oh yeah, we can do something this year." And I think there might not be a reason why why we should all be wrong. Whereas you look at every year in the Premier League, oh, it's the top six. Whereas yeah, there is no top four, there is no top six in in American sports. You know, yes, you have your iconic franchises. Yes, you have big and small markets, but everyone has the same spending rights, and and you know can you know can really help that competitive balance, which I think, you know, makes, in, makes American sports a lot more interesting, especially from a, from a fan point of view.
2: Yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. Cause I think quite often we, we forget that in, in terms of baseball, you really do always have a chance. Like you, it's not necessarily, I mean, yes, don't get me wrong. The teams that spend the most are, are naturally going to be there or thereabouts, but at the same time, there's nothing to stop a team having a magic run, you know, getting into October and then if, if it's their season, it's their season. I mean, look at the Nationals. I hate to say it as a Nationalist fan, but look at the Nationals um, three years ago in 2019. They were, they were not the fancy team going into the season. They weren't fancy team at any point. Obviously they, they hit a hot streak and they got in there and they won it all. So um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's aside from Leicester in the Premier League, it, it's very, very unlikely that kind of thing is going to happen in football. Very rare. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think that stability of
1: having those teams and you know franchising, and I guess the promotional legation makes you know it makes it really difficult because you know some of these teams are, go up and down and they don't get that revenue in at all times. So it's just a very very different system, and I think it makes it makes the balance impossible because the teams mm-hmm. that really year on year out and and make all that money and revenue, then they they're going to have the edge. There's no there's no denying it. When I look at baseball, for example, you know just as a comparable you know there there is no comparison to a tampa bay race you know there is no comparison to okay oakland the the athletics are tanking this year but
2: yeah
1: oh they go they go regularly to the playoffs you look at the milwaukee brewers you know the the braves won with what are they the eighth or ninth biggest payroll
0: you know it's
1: Mm -hmm. it, it, it. yeah you can't just the competitive balance isn't you know is something you really can't compare
0: which leads on to sort of our question we wanted to ask you on hey what are your favorite things about baseball or your one if you had to pick one thing that's your favorite thing about baseball what is it and yeah, B, it would,
2: the
0: the like but the latter is like what's your least favorite thing about baseball
2: yeah what would you change about the sport if you had, yeah so what do you
1: love and what would you change yeah i mean what i love about it is the is the grind and the technicality of it, you know, I love the playing every day 162 games, you know, it's the grind, um, which, which for me is, is, is so unique. Um, You know, the technicalities of every pitch and, 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 and the, and the the sort of strategies between everyone and the, and the teams, Um, the maneuvering, you know, I think, I think it's such an awesome sport. And, you know, for me, it's, it's always a pleasure to watch. Um, And on top of that, when you go to these ballparks, the experience is pretty cool. So, I think it's just a fun game all around. You know, it's not no harm to it. You know, and I and I really enjoy that. What what don't I like about it? You know, people, most people don't like maybe the length of games. Whereas for me, I've never complained about it. It Usually flies by. To be honest. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, agreed. What I don't like is the extra innings. Um, So what I do like the, you know, well, I liked it last year. You know, the sort of implementing of, you know, runners, and trying to, you know, keep teams somewhat under wraps you know i think nine innings is not a problem a couple of extra innings you no not a problem i think when he goes 16 17 18 i think there's no need for that you
0: know especially. i'm with you as but there's a bit of tension here because george is vehemently against the uh, <laughs> man on second yeah
2: <laughs> i'm not a big fan of it but yeah i, I can see the point you know I, I see it i think i think that i kind of go along with the school of thought which says don't introduce it until maybe the 12th inning or 13th inning Yeah, if it goes beyond that then it gets kind of silly and like i said it damages the rest of the week for a team maybe teams on the road they've had eight to eight or nine games and then suddenly they've got a 15 inning game and their entire bullpen's taxed and then and, and they've got absolutely no one left the next the next game is almost a write-off so um yeah I, I do i do see the damaging effects of it but i think i i wouldn't from a personal point of view i would prefer to see that ghost runner introduced later if, you, if you're going to do it yeah i mean
0: it's
1: it's just obviously ways of trying to introduce it like whether it's whether it's like you say, a Ghost Runner. Whether it's something like that, um, you know, and almost like a golden goal type, you know, whether a home run wins it, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. First home run, some something like that. I think just That'd be kind to, of crazy. Kind of yeah, just to spice it up a little bit. You know, I think in hockey, you know, when you look a few years ago, they brought you know the penalty shootout, right? You know, all that kind of stuff, four on four OT. So just kind of. Playing with that extra time a little bit now. Obviously, in baseball, it's different. You don't get anything for losing next in trainings, right? So there is no compensation mm. whatsoever. But you know, just trying to do something in next trainings, I think that that could be the, the way to go. On. And and I, I don't like the pitch clock. I mean, that's uh, for me, it's stupid. You know, I think some guys work on different different ways. And I think for a couple of extra seconds here and there. I mean, obviously, I don't need anyone taking the mix. So, but again, I don't think that's necessary.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it's it's a shame. When any sport, whether whether it's baseball or whether it's snooker or whatever, you know, with with a clock and you start timing players, I think, it, yeah, it can it can sort of curb people's natural rhythm with with the way that they, they play the game. And I don't think anyone really wants to see that. I think there are definitely sort of ebbs and flows to baseball, and that's what makes it so good because it isn't a sort of metronomic thing. There are there are moments which the game speeds up, and there are moments when it slows down, and you have time to think about things. So I think, yeah, if you if you want to preserve that, I I, I question when MLB looked to shorten games, I actually questioned who they're doing it for, because if, if you don't like baseball to begin with, why are you going to like it when it's shorter? I think you, you have to you have to think about the fans that are there. So it's, it's um I like that. It's,
1: you're talking 10, 15 minutes shorter. It's not like in a cut-out yeah. half, you know what I mean? It's not like mm. that colossal of a difference. And again, I think if you're going to shave it off, shave it off at the other end, you know? And, you know, like I said, do something with extra innings, like, yes, you know, I've seen other yeah. sports. Yeah, and you know, even in basketball, I sometimes think, you know, might not just play four V4 and like just some, something like a little bit mm. a little bit entertaining and fun and you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: Remove an infielder.
2: That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 It was, it was a, fiel- a fielder away an inning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Get to the 18th inning.
0: There's only two yeah. players out there. <laughs> to be fair, I, I absolutely love the new hockey overtime rules. It's so exciting. Taking away players just I, I know again, traditionalists don't like it. But those sort of innovations are what keeps sport moving forward. Some of the stuff like the pitch clock, as you say, just doesn't add to it. it doesn't add to the spectacle whatsoever. And mm-hmm. I think they have to find the right balance to do that. And personally, I'm with you. I think the man on second does help the game. I do think you know getting rid of these extra, extra long games, and as George said, which completely knocks the competitive balance of a team for for weeks and ends mm-hmm. sometimes, um, I think is important. Yeah, Already playing 162 games, I think yeah. you have, to have a
1: balance. You know, everyone quite says, you know, you need to create more urgency and 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 shorten the season by by a month, by 30 games or something. And again, I'm not. I think the 162 makes it so unique. No one else does it in the world. No one else is yeah. even. But these guys, it is
2: can, insane. Yeah, it is absolutely insane to play 162 games. We love it, but it's insane. That balance, right? And I think you know, the NBA people always
1: think of. It's not I'm like you know honking the, the player welfare horn or anything like that, but mm. have to keep a balance. You know, play extra innings, okay, let's keep it to one or two, let's do something where you can entice these things to be to be slightly over and a little bit more, you know, on edge.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Going on to a bit of a lighter subject, and this is an MLB Europe classic. What's your favorite ballpark food? What's, what's your go to? Or well, if you're ordering food for opening day, what would you be having? Nachos. Nachos. That's a good choice. Simple but effective. Yeah, in a hat, in a little nachos hat. Oh man, a little. <laughs> That's
1: cute. They do the whole like Sunday ice cream in a hat. in A little souvenir and put it on top. It's pretty cool.
0: They actually do those at Home Run House in Stratford, where we're having our meetup on Saturday. So. <laughs> We actually, I don't know if you've managed to make it down there. It's really cool. It's in Stratford mm-hmm. uh, in Westfield, in the shopping centre. And it's in partnership with Passy Avenue, who are a Philadelphia-based food company. Um, and they've got this bar with MLB. And it's great. I mean, there's batting cages, there's live MLB games on, there's highlights on, you know, beers on tap. And it, it's fantastic for us in London to have a venue like that. And I don't know what your plans are during the off-season, but if you're ever down in London during one of our meetups, we'd love to have you there.
2: Oh yeah, Asmith, hundred percent. I would co-sign that. We, we would absolutely love to get get you down there in the summer if you're in if you're in London at any point. You're right.
1: You're right. I really um, I really. I mean, you guys made it sound very amazing. So I'm gonna have to get myself down there.
2: Check oh. it out. There'll be lots of pictures and uh, pictures and videos from the um from this weekend. So yeah, check it out on 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 Twitter and uh, hopefully it'll whet the appetite.
0: Well do. I, I imagine you're pretty good in the batting cages as well. I've I've got a feeling, a sneaky feeling, some hey, home runs coming. Yeah,
1: yeah, know. I mean, uh, yeah, listen, I might be a little bit rusty, but I, I've got a little
2: bit. Trust me, if you see us, if you see us hitting, you won't feel so bad after all, because we'll be we'll be lucky to hit two home runs in, in, in the entire evening. So, um,
0: yeah, don't worry. Going back to baseball, a second. One of the things that we sort of think about is in the Premier League. There's far more individual flair that can win games than in baseball. I think baseball is more of a team sport. and I just wanted to see your thoughts on like that competitiveness, because I'm sure you've played with some incredible players in your time, players that can just take a game by the scruff of the neck and win it for you. And whilst the same is true in baseball, we have superstars. I know for a fact, as an Angels fan, we have two, we have Shoei <laughs> and Mike Trout it doesn't mean you win games it means you have someone exciting to watch and they do special things but ultimately they can't drag you to titles Mm. what do you think about the comparison between the two and and that you know the the whole point of baseball is you need this whole complete team you need all three facets to go well
1: yeah yeah i think that's where actually the sports are a lot closer than people think i mean i think in football the, the team aspect is a little bit underrated you know i think there's so many things that really go under the radar that, that people don't quite notice, you know, whether it's, you know, your, your defenders or your attackers starting the defense with the right pressing or whatever they need to do. And mm-hmm. then, even the guys that come in off the bench or train on a daily basis. So I think that team aspect is really underrated in, in, in football because I've seen it, you know, I think when I've won trophies, or been with teams that have been incredibly successful. It's actually every single person playing a part. <laughs> so um, when, when I look at teams, maybe that haven't been so successful. I think it's, it's when not quite everyone's been chipping in so i think i think there's definitely a lot more similarity to it than people think
2: interesting that's that i'd, I'd like to hear that
0: and i think finally i think george just has a few questions about if we get away from baseball just some some questions quick fire about your football career and uh, and anything that's that's happened george do you want to kick that off
2: yeah i mean i guess um i guess a couple of ones basic ones so like firstly uh, what are your sort of three proudest moments from your career
1: um, three proudest moments my uh, Premier League debut yeah, uh, Portsmouth, and I want to say 2008, mm-hmm. 2008 2009 summer I should really know that yeah anyway might have been might have been yep. might have been eight
2: 2009 don't worry either, either way that's cool uh, Premier
1: League, that's, let's see this is so long ago I don't remember. Um, Premier League debut, playing in the World Cup for Bosnia in 2014, and then winning the uh, winning the Premier League with Chelsea.
2: Yeah, uh, I have to have to say that's definitely one of my favourite sporting highlights ever as well. So um, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Um, as a goalkeeper, you're you are under a completely different type of stress from everyone else on the pitch, and obviously in professional sport, that's that can be a pretty lonely place. How, what What is your advice? I guess this is just translates to other sports as well. But what is your advice for someone in terms of dealing with that pressure to be able to to rise to those big moments and 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 handle that when this you know if if you if you make a mistake, it's not like we're anywhere else on the pitch. So how, how, what's your advice in that in that respect? Yeah, my advice. I mean, it's easy for me to
1: say now. You know, I've done it for so many years, but it's it's to embrace that that responsibility and pressure because. There's just no getting away from it, you know. And if you try and downplay it, play it, or think it's not part of it, it is, you know. And there's just no other way. So I think from a young age, I think embrace it, understand that things will happen that won't go your way, um, but ultimately embrace that pressure and responsibility.
2: Yeah, pressure is a privilege, as they say, and I think yeah, that's, that's definitely a good way to to tackle it. Because you know, if, if you let the moment overtake you, then yeah, you're never going to be able to, to to deal with it. I like that a lot. Um, I guess, yeah, a question about this this season. It's, it's uh, quite a stressful time. Uh, I hope you're managing to hold things together there with uh, with Everton at the moment. So, so, you know, it's a big few weeks coming up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a tough season for for the team, for the club, you know, lots of um, change and different things. And mm. um, from a personal level, you know, I'm still enjoying the game more, you know, same as I have always have done and working away and keeping myself fit and ready. Um, yeah, well, hopefully as a team, you know, we've got a big six weeks or so and you know hopefully we can get the um, the right number of points to keep us up in this division absolutely what, what,
0: long, long way to go what's what's jordan like to work with uh, as a keeper you've obviously worked with many other keepers during your time what's he like in training what's as England right. number one but
1: you know i've been my gosh i was i was actually talking to someone today and going through the list and um been very lucky to to compete and, and challenge myself against some of the best goalkeepers in the world, and you know, John's right up there. So to to train with him, to learn from him, um, it's been it's been a you know a great experience for me.
0: And I'm sure he's learning from you as well. You may want, not want to say it, but the experience you've got in the Premier League and
1: definitely. Hopefully, hopefully we can you know, but you know, we've we've tried to balance off each other and we get on really well. You know, he's a great pro, and you know, we we train well together. So hopefully, I can rub off on him and. You know, I think we work well together.
0: Yeah, no, best of luck for the rest of the season.
1: Definitely.
0: Who, who, who would you say are your three closest friends in football? Or three guys you have a great relationship with?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, I spent you know, a really good amount of, of years in a national team. And, you know, I think when you go with a national team, you're in a really close... Close group, you know, and I think that's where you develop some of the best relationship. And some of my closest friends have been from those years. So you know, I've got Harris in who plays with Cincinnati at the moment, um, uh, Zukanovic who plays mm-hmm. plays in Turkey, Vedad it used to be Hoffenheim, Stuttgart, Hertha Berlin. You know, those sort of guys um, that I've spent a lot of time with, and you know, we used to be roommates. Some of us, so that kind that kind of stuff's great. Jason Pierce was my was one as a Charlton L captain of Charlton. Mm-hmm. We were digs mates, you know. So we go, we go way back. um, And then you know, most of the guys I I get on well with are retired now. (laughs)
2: That's fair enough. You know, all the time catches up with everyone in the end. But
1: the guys that don't, you know, they're obviously retired. So it's in football is a tricky, tricky question, tricky part of the question. So um,
2: you know that that's the way it goes, I guess, as you said. What's your favorite stadium you've ever played in? Oh, uh, I mean, that's, that's difficult to say, I think, for different reasons, you know. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot with that. I'm not going to give you a top three. I, I, I want one. What's your favorite stadium you've ever played in? Um, I'm going to go with the American in and Rio de Janeiro. And now the next question is that or Yankee Stadium? What, you what's, 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 the, what's the top? Hey, that's, did you know I played at Bush Stadium? 100? i didn't Oh wow! So, tell
1: us tell us so that that was pretty cool played at bush stadium uh for bosnia against argentina so that was my claim to fame on a baseball baseball field Ooh. when you go there to get played all over the place so getting to play bush stadium was pretty cool um that mm. was up to you know um yeah i'd love to i'd love to somehow play at yankee stadium on well, that would be pretty cool
2: yeah i think they have um they've done where they done friendlies before? Did they do? I can't remember if it was Yankee Stadium or if it was um, well, City New, field. They, They've we, done.
0: Well, New York City Football Club used to play at Yankee Stadium, or maybe there still go. do. They still they do. Do yeah. Do, yeah.
1: They've played quite a few games there in terms of the pre-seasons and all that kind of stuff.
0: So that's the uh, twilight move of the career, is it? <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but. <laughs> cross yeah, we'll hope we'll Hopefully, hopefully think,
2: not for a while yet. You've still got a few years left left in the tank. Still, <laughs> our workplaces to play and live, I have to say.
0: Yeah, mm. absolutely. Uh, and finally, I think George and I want to know: Do you have a funny story from your career? Something that you may not yeah. have told before, or something that's happened in your career that you can you can tell us? Because absolutely anything. Like, yep. Yeah.
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> funny moments, you know. uh there's been, it's been plenty of plenty of moments um you know i guess there's some longer stories that i have to um have to share with you guys for another for another time we'll keep that yeah. for another time mm-hmm. off record um but i guess one of the funny ones i i, I sang uh, when, when you join chelsea you have to sing an initiation yeah. song yep yep um it's quite what did shame. you sing yeah so billy our masseur, he does a thing. Every night picks three or four and he does like a whole main event thing and you know, it makes light of it. So I sang uh, Wonderwall by Oasis. Oh, and wow. uh, I won the night. It's the best performance. So listen, I'll take it. So that, that, that was sorry. Have,
0: have you got a good Fantastic. singing voice? have you?
1: Absolutely not. But <laughs> what I did everyone involved and it
2: made a good atmosphere and I think that's what took me over the line. It's all about that stage persona, isn't it? That performance of being able to... Get the crowd going, yeah. I think that's um, you can make, it can make <laughs> up for the for <laughs> to front tonal issues, yeah. A,
0: a British classic as well. You can't go wrong in the UK with Wonderwall, can you?
2: True, very true. Asma, just want to say huge thanks for joining us on PTBNL tonight. It's a, an absolute privilege to have you on. Uh, I'm sure I speak for Nick as well when I say we wish you all the very, very best for the rest of the season. Um, and yeah, can't stress it enough. If you do get any free time during that during the summer and you happen to be in London. We, we do have these events once every month. The hashtag meet MLB Meetups UK. Uh, like like Nick said, we've got one coming up this Saturday, April the 9th um, at Home Run House in association with MLB Europe uh, and, and Passion Avenue. It's, it's, it's an incredible night for the fans. Uh, we really do welcome everyone on board. So yeah, if, if, if you get a chance to check out some of the, 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 the content, the photos, the videos, etc., we'd, we'd love to have you along in the future. And if not, just, you know, even just to spread the word, it's, it's, it's greatly appreciated because we are, very much dedicated to this this ongoing mission of you know expanding cultivating developing the MLB fan base in the UK so thank you so much for joining us on the show today
0: and we'd obviously love to have you back on maybe some time, time during the season when the yankees are winning all these games you can come back on and tell us you told us so <laughs>
1: yeah let's give it the 2 or 3 months see how the yankees are playing and then we'll decide if i'm going to go come back on or not <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I guess one, one last thing is also um, if, if, if there's any social media handles, details you want to let people know where people can say what's up or whatever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can find me um, um, obviously Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, asmir one TikTok, B one um, Not that I'm super exciting. I was going to
0: say, like... did, I didn't, I didn't realise <laughs> you were on TikTok, Asmir.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> Um, like I said not very exciting so no, don't get too excited but um, yeah all these all these platforms so guys yeah follow me for sure but thanks awesome. guys for on and keep keep doing your thing keep growing the game I love it we're in touch now Um big, big time 2022 season should be a good one hopefully and um, I'm sure we'll be in touch as the season goes on appreciate it thanks so
2: much Azmib